Joe the Giants Judge. aren't even good. Well, the Giants won six games last year. Oh, Brad, six games. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's, they're basically winning the Super Bowl next year. Six games okay. are good. Hello and welcome to episode 56 of the Go For Two podcast, a podcast for frustrated football fans by two frustrated football fans. I'm Jenna Lique. I'm here with Brad Klein. And Brad, it is episode 56. I don't know if, okay. if you remember or you heard this. <laughs> Our audience members might have gotten a little confused at the end of the last one. Brad begins by saying goodbye from the 50, like the 56th episode no, from the 50, like it was like the 54th episode and then ends with the 55th. Like he just named all the episodes that we had, that we've had. Granted, what, we've been away it for at least a little a bit. long episode. Like, cause I even say like, oh, it was an hour and a half. So it feels like two. It was a nor- it was a normally length um, episode. It was just like, you said it like three consecutive times differently, all three times. That's not great. So, no, it's not good. Not great. So if anyone was confused, I wanted to clear that up off the top. It is episode 56. There's nothing we can do about it after because I didn't edit it for another two days. Well, so at that point, thing. it wouldn't have been a thing. <laughs> that's the other thing. For anyone listening at home, Jenna is a very, very good editor. So if she can't do anything about it, then nothing can be done. That's true. I am very good. I will take that ego stroke. Thank you. All right. So there's obviously good that we're here. Good that we're back consistently. Now I think we can call it consistent because it's back-to-back times. You can at least call it consecutive episodes. Yeah. Um, and we're not missing any of the big news anymore. So let's, let's start with the news because that's, that's what – let's do the news that everyone wants to talk about. Julio Jones ends up going to the Titans, which we talked a lot about this in the last episode. We were like thinking, poor A.J. Brown, dude, it's never going to happen. And then he got his wish. So breakdown, do you think it was a good trade, good fit? Tell us what what picks were swapped and all the good details. Yeah, so Julio Jones and a sixth-round pick to the Titans in exchange for a second-round pick in 2022 and a fourth in 2023. All right. Uh, this is not fan frustration. There's not much going on with the Jets, and the Jets are already going to make it an A1 of this show. Jenna, the Jets got more for Sam Darnold than the, than the Falcons did for Julio Jones. Wow. How's that? That's I pretty mean, good for they as, as, a, a, as a Jets fan. They got a lot more. So the, I first saw that thing somewhere, that yes. I of, the first thing that I thought of was, man, that's it? Really? For Julio Jones? But then I, I gave it some thought, right? Julio Jones is a disgruntled receiver whose trade value had plummeted thanks to Skip and Shannon. Okay. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. So He didn't know. That was also confirmed that he did not know. He did not know. Okay, so a sidebar. If something mysteriously happens to Shannon Sharp tomorrow, (laughs) we know exactly who's responsible. The Atlanta Falcons sent some hitmen out there to tell them, hey, you know, uh, you diminished Julio Jones's trade value. Definitely cost us at least a third-round pick. That's what happened, right? Because now, uh, thanks to Skip, Skip Shannon or Shannon Sharp, I should say, um, everyone knows that Julio Jones doesn't want to be on the Falcons. So the Falcons had no leverage, and this is what they get back. So I gave it some thought, and I actually thought, after a few days, after chewing on it, it's actually a fine package. Thirty-two-year-old receiver on a team that has no leverage. You get some good picks and there's some good value. I understand the Titans are going to be pretty good, but the second round pick is a second round pick and you can't be too unhappy about that. Great fit for the Titans though. Ryan Tannehill needs some weapons. He already had a few, but you lose Corey Davis and you upgrade with Julio Jones. Yeah, I think, I think it's a pretty good fit and it's, it helped 
the Falcons in more way than one. I will put that in the world yeah. trending. I'll tease that in there for you. Um, I also thought it was a good trade. I like the destination. It's better than him going to new England and we don't want to see what <laughs> bill can do with that. We just don't, we don't even want to think about it. Um, so, you know, you have AJ Brown, Julio Jones, you got Derek Henry in the backfield. So there's a lot of good things happening in Tennessee. I already thought Tennessee was a good team. As we know from last season, we talked about it on the podcast. I was always, I was always picking the Titans. Um, and I think that's only been boosted since last season. So, yeah, I think it's a great fit. He wanted to go to a team that was ready to win. The Titans have proven that they can win and that they can even win in the postseason. And in for when you're thinking about the Titans, what they got, they got a, an elite wide receiver. He was at um, today was the first day of camp that he was there. Um, and you could just see he is leaps and bounds ahead of other receivers. There was like, I, I, he was Julio Jones. Yeah. So we can't, no, no, but we can't forget that. Cause he was even saying like, I know 32 is old for the NFL, sure. but 32 is only as old as you allow it to be is what he said or something like that. Yeah, and right. he was look, he was looking young when he was doing the drills. He's doing it better than some of the young kids out there. So I think it's a good fit. I'm excited to see it. That's one thing we had to wait now. Small window though, for the Titans, if they want to cap, if they want to win with Julio Jones, 32 is old. 33, 30, well, I should say 34, 35, that's ancient, right? So it's really, I think the clock is ticking on the Titans. Let's see if they make any more moves, especially on the defensive end. I think they need some upgrades. Yeah, yeah, they definitely need some help on the defensive end. That was the one, not downside of this whole situation, that it's one thing everyone wants to get excited about the offense, but the defense does still need a little bit of help. Um, I think on on Twitter, I saw something that was like, who needs a defense when you're just going to be having the Titans offense going down the field every single time and scoring touchdown. And I was like, all right, that's over exaggerating, but I love it. Am I right? Hashtag Brooklyn Nets to that. (laughs) Exactly. When, you know, when you have everybody, no one can really stop you, stop you. And we kind of see that with the chiefs, I wouldn't say last season, but two seasons ago, their defense wasn't great, but their offense was just ramming the ball down people's throats and outscoring everybody. So I'll be interested to see what, Julio Jones brings to this offense and to this team and what the team looks like. And also another little Julio nugget. He, AJ Brown was like, dude, I wore 11 because of you. You can have it if you want it. And Julio Jones said, no, man, you can keep it. So AJ Brown plans to have 11 till he retires is what he said on social media. And Julio Jones is now number two, which is interesting. I mean, that's the right move though. Yeah. At this point, A.J. Brown's deserved it. It's not like he's the fourth-string receiver and he's a pro bowler, right? Mm -hmm. So he definitely deserves a quote-unquote good number. He has it. He should hold on to it. And you're a big boy, Julio. You you don't need 11. So I respect that. All right, let's move on to the next piece of big off-season news and drama. Um, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is the talk of the town. It is now time for volunteer or involuntary the one where you have to go <laughs> and he mandatory. was a no, mandatory and he was a no-show but there might be a little bit more to the story brad klein reports i'm just kidding just go go ahead and uh and tell us what what you want to talk about what you observed on the herd james jones stirring some things yeah. up yeah so james jones played on the packers with rogers for eight years goes on the herd and drops a few bombshells on us about Aaron Rodgers and basically just tells us, hey, 
everything that's been said about the Aaron Rodgers saga on the go for two podcast fundamentally false. Okay. So there are two things, two major things that bother Aaron Rodgers about the Packers. All right? One of them apparently are phone calls that he refused to go into on the herd, but other reports have pieced together certain conversations on certain dates. Aaron Rodgers apparently was told he'd be traded. That never happened. Now he wanted to be traded and he wanted to be traded and he thought it was going to be to the Niners the day before the draft never happened. That was told, he was told that uh, a few months ago, I think. Also the team CEO asked him not to be a problem when he was telling him about the LaFleur hire. He just told him, Hey, we're not going to ask you for input. Hey, Matt LaFleur is going to be your head coach. Accept the coaching. Don't be a problem. Which is not an insult, but it is. It's not a compliment. It's, yeah, it's definitely not a compliment. No, no, not a compliment. So that was kind of weird. Apparently that really bothered him. And these are all pieced together reports. So take it with a grain of salt. But also he's unhappy that the Packers keep on cutting players that he likes. That's another big thing for Aaron Rodgers. And he, Charles Woodson, Clay Matthews, Julius Peppers, Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson. Those are all really good players that had a lot of football left in them. And they went to other teams and really performed and they performed well. And Aaron Rodgers is sitting in cold green Bay saying, Hey, why are my friends not on my team anymore? So that was another thing, but one thing's for sure. Two things for sure. James Jones says it's not about new money, which is what I was saying on the podcast. It's also not about general management. Everyone and their mother was talking about Aaron Rodgers versus Brian Gutenkunst. Apparently that's not it. Yeah, there's, and the thing is, it's not all the stuff that we're talking about now, but it's all the stuff we were talking about at the beginning of this whole saga, not necessarily us, but sports media was talking about in general, because I think people tried kind of pivoted um, because they're like, oh, we've, we've talked the heck out of he's unhappy in Green Bay because of coaching. Cause we've heard that before almost immediately. It was reported after the whole coach situation that, was, that there was friction there, especially when they didn't succeed right away. Um, and then we knew Aaron was also not happy about the players. It was reported that way. Um, but we just, I feel like we all kind of forgot about it until yeah. it's all kind of coming now. And everyone would rather talk about, all of the recent drama with, you know, m- maybe the GM or even thinking about more recently in terms of player personnel with Jordan Love, because um, now we're in the training camps. So you kind of got to figure out the quarterback situation. Um, so I think it's not nuanced. He didn't bring anything up that wasn't spoken about before, but I think it was more, it was interesting because it was all of the things that had been speculated about what might be bothering Rodgers. And he kind of confirmed them because, you know, I, I think James Jones is a trusted is a trusted source. And if he yeah. goes on the herd, it was because Aaron was cool with him doing so, one. And two, it was to tell correct information. Yeah, and I think that's important, too. And now, you know, it's funny because the first thing I thought of when I saw this report from James Jones off the herd was Aaron Rodgers wants what Tom Brady has. And that's what it is, right? And we compare – Rodgers to Brady on the field and now Tom Brady leaves New England leaves the place that made him Tom Brady to go to Tampa Bay why because Bruce Arians trusts him to the degree that he's actually asking Brady before the draft to scout receivers and that's exactly what he did and I think they took a couple so if not sign them as as UFAs so I think Aaron Rodgers wants at least a say in personnel and he doesn't even have 
a, a, a little bit. He has none. In fact, it seems like at points the Packers go out of their way to make it a point of Aaron Rodgers not having a say, which is petty. Yeah, and we talked about that after the draft, or I might have touched on it a little bit, but just the way that quarterbacks who – the way teams talk to their quarterback when drafting another quarterback in the same year was wildly different for everybody except Aaron Rodgers. Tom Brady was talked about – oh, Kyle Trask. Um, Andy Dalton was talked about. Justin Field and Andy Dalton deserves none of that. No one cares. <laughs> Sorry, Andy, but no one cares. But and no, nothing was said to Aaron Rodgers. And I think Aaron Rodgers deserves a little bit more of a heads up than Andy Dalton. I think that's what's what's most shocking. So, you know, a lot a lot going on. Miscommunications, poor communication, and I, I think it severed this relationship. I, I don't see how. I don't. The thing is, like we talk each time, we kind of say how close you are to believing that he's actually not going to, you know, stay in Green Bay. And for me, I can't see him leaving Green. Like I can't, I can't see him getting traded. I can't see them trading him, but I also can't see him playing. So I don't know how this ends. And that's kind of the interesting part is one day we're just going to get smacked with the news, whatever it is. <laughs> he's either going to return because right now he's a holdout. Technically, technically, you asked if Definitely. you think you think that he'd hold out. And I said, yeah, and he's here holding out. Um, so th- this is a lot. I think he's truly done. I don't think it, it's for the money. It, it's just going to be an interesting off season. I do think it's interesting though, because you said, well, your whole conversation, your whole point went back to, well, I, I still don't think he's going to play. Yeah. And everything that I, like I said, everything that we were, that we thought we knew about Aaron Rodgers, apparently wrong, according to James Jones. And yet everything we were really saying, which is, it just comes down to will he play or not, that's still intact. That, that's still true. Yeah. True. All right. Let's switch over to some other drama. <laughs> that's not drama. It was nothing. We, you know, got some Raiders fans' hopes up. Not, I guess, me, but, you know, Russell Wilson, he said he wanted out of New England. You know, Las Vegas was a place he might want to go. Yeah, he never did that. He never requested a trade. That never happened, um, according to Wilson. So uh, that's the headline. That's the news story. So I guess my question for you is, then where did this come from? (laughs) If he's all good and fine. Yes. It's a good question. It is a very good question. I will say this, though. People, people often ask, well, how did this information get leaked? Who would go out and leak information? Like if a team, if, if there's information released or leaked from front, the front office that they plan on drafting this player or something like that, right? It's because teams often leak information intentionally to see how people will feel about it, right? Mm-hmm. So that's, that's a big thing. So who knows? Maybe Russell Wilson leaked information about himself. Not saying he did. I'm just saying it could have been. And wanted to see, hey, how will my fans, how will the NFL, how will the Seahawks respond to this? How will the, the rest of the league in terms of packages that come in, right? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm just making that up as a potential, as a theory at this point. Do I think Russell Wilson requested the trade? No, I believe. Do I think he said, hey, if you're going to trade me, this is where I want to go. I think both can be true. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, it's that's an interesting point that I never th- didn't think about. It just it could have just been some murmuring, some fake murmuring to see what would happen. But the thing is, the reasoning behind it was so valid. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it made sense as, as to why he was upset. So I think, well, I guess we'll have to wait till next off season. I think at to a certain degree, he could have requested a trade. But now you know you're in training camp. You're not getting traded. Now you got kind of have to PR for yourself and be like, hey, no, guys, I'm all in here. Because it's going to be hard for a leader of men like Russell Wilson um, to seem like he's jumping ship, but also try to instill confidence in his team. So I, I think it's interesting um, that he's – that he said anything in in general because I feel like we all kind of forgot about the whole trade thing. <laughs> so the yeah. fact that he maybe he was asked, I didn't read read the story, but um, it's definitely a, a next off season. I can already see it being a thing next off season because I don't think it was just a oh we're all good. I never requested a trade. No, no, there's something there. There's something deeper there. Yeah. We got we got like there's uh you know a poor relationship between Russell Wilson. There was like some deep stuff in there. So that stuff never came out about Tom Brady. That's all we'll say. Right. So I mean, it just, it, when there's smoke, there's fire and there's smoke. Yeah. So let's talk about Dak Prescott. He's the first quarterback to sign with Jordan. Big deal, little deal, or not really that big of a deal. What do you think? I'm not a huge shoe person or whatever, when people, when athletes sign to brands, I don't really care, but maybe you have a little bit more to say. Cause for me, it's a no, like, okay, cool. <laughs> That's kind of it. I guess it's not a basketball athlete. That's what makes it unique. But right. well, at this point, I think, and, and it's kind of right. I and mean, first of all, four years, $160 million uh, that he got from the Cowboys and he signs a five-year deal with Adidas to go along with that. So I think at this point, Dak Prescott is cashing in on the field and off. And, and for a long time, we've been talking about, hey, when's this guy going to get his money? And finally, he is. I think Adidas was actually kind of, or rather, Jordan, Jordan was kind of yes. waiting on the Cowboys deal to make that move. And, and now it's done. It's not completely unprecedented for Jordan to go into the non-basketball sector. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, Michigan football is Jordan. So yeah. when they're playing football, they have the Jordan logo on the top right corner of their jersey. So it's been done before. Yeah. But at this point, I think it's interesting because because sports branding is such a big part of, of sports at mm-hmm. this point. And I think it's just going to be a really big deal in how Dak Prescott markets himself. And if he's successful in, from a marketing standpoint and from a football standpoint, you're going to see a lot of players leave the big names, Adidas and Nike, for example. Definitely something to keep an eye on. Again, it's not something that, that tickles my fancy, but it's definitely a big part of the game. And I understand that part of the larger conversation around like advertising sports and like name, image, and likeness. It's a big part of, you make a lot of money off that. that but think, about, think about where this could go, right? And th- this is the first thing that popped into my, my, my mind when I saw the Jordan news, which was, hey, the first quarterback ever to sign for Jordan. He plays for America's team, if that matters to you. He's a pro bowler. He's a good quarterback. He could have a really good year. He could have a really good five years. What happens if he does? 
What happens if he's an MVP candidate? What happens if he wins MVP? Jordan's going to give this guy a cleat, and that's never been done before. So yeah. that's a big deal. That's going to change the sport completely. Because For sure. at that point, it's going to be more like basketball. It's going to change the way people participate in the sports. Kids are going to be wearing Dak Prescott 32 cleats, right? At 32, a random number, completely random. <laughs> um, and people, Kids are going to be wearing them. Other players are going to be emulating that player with those cleats. I mean, remember, in basketball, it's not rare to see a B-list player wearing KD shoes or Kyrie shoes. That happens, right? So it's going to be a big part of the game if Dak Prescott capitalizes on the deal. So we move on now to the recap portion of the show, episode 56, just for the record, right? <laughs> and, and Pro Football Focus put out a poll on Twitter, and the results say that Sean McDermott of the Buffalo Bills is the most underrated coach in football. I'm not going to ask you if you agree or disagree. I'll learn from your answer. Who do you think is the most underrated head coach in football? So as I'm looking through coaches right now, I was just like scrolling the internet because I was like, oh no, I didn't have a coach. Because I don't, and the reason why I didn't is because I think it's Sean McDermott. Okay. <laughs> I, I agree. I thought that you would think it's Sean McDermott. Yes, I, 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 com- I completely agree. He, the things that he has done to turn the Buffalo organization around um, and make them a competitive team. And I, a lot of people think a very underrated team um, that, that has to, I have to give him underrated coach because when do we talk about Sean McDermott? It's not like, you know, we talk about him the way we talk about, you know, Sean McVay. Probably at this point, maybe one of the most overrated coaches, but that's another yeah. conversation for another day. So I think underrated, I think it's Sean McDermott. I definitely agree with that. I, I don't have any outlandish um, takes. So good job, Paul. You're, you're, we're in the same mind. But Brad, you, you said that you thought that I would, say Sean McDermott so that means you have a different answer well I do have a different answer it's a good answer though to say he's one of the most underrated like I don't necessarily disagree with it but the roster last year was stacked I mean Devin Singletary pretty good running back but they had some really good running backs by committee with him and Zach Moss was like a good enough running game with Josh Allen and then their receiving core was just incredible and like I said, Josh Allen is a really, really good quarterback. So I think I don't want to take anything away from him because he had good players, but he had good players. So it's hard for me to underrate a guy when he should have won with his roster in a division that was really down, which does not help my argument for Joe Judge of the New York Giants. And it pains me to say this because I'm a Jets fan and I don't dislike the Giants. I just don't like the Giants fans. So there you go. Okay. But, Joe but the Giants Judge, aren't even good. Well, the Giants won six games last year. Oh, Brad, six games. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That's, they're basically winning the Super Bowl next year. Six games okay. is not good. Well, let me defend the NFC, it. Right. you should not pick for anyone from the NFC East. Try again. Nope. I, I, look, nope. I know. I know. I know. But here, right. here, here, here's the argument. Say here's the piece. argument. All right. They won six games. Last year with Pat Shermer, they, or the previous year, I should say, they won four. Okay, so right there, improvement. Okay. All right. Daniel Jones is the quarterback, a guy that probably no one thinks is going to develop into a really good QB. In fact, most people think he will be off the team after this year. So the fact that they improved with Daniel Jones as their quarterback, big deal for me. Moreover, Saquon Barkley was just straight up not playing. He got hurt very early in the season, 
And they had to make it work with who? Wayne Gallman and who else? A running back by committee, James Bradbury was was playing a lot. He was he was their best cornerback. I I don't know. I mean, Daniel Jones is their quarterback, and they improved. To me, it's a big deal. I think. And 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 remember, they they should have made the playoffs. If the Eagles hadn't tanked, they would have been in the playoffs. So I don't know. That's my answer. I also think Joe Judge is like, and maybe this is silly. He's an authoritarian guy. He's a, a program leader, not just a coach. Like, oh, an offensive coordinator that is a good offensive coordinator. Let's make him a coach. Ben McAdoo, right? I just think that he's a good coach that has changed the culture in addition to changing their record. That's interesting. It's a it's a take that will that is unpopular, I'm sure. I'm sure people weren't like, you know, beating the table for Joe Judge. Um, but I, I get your point. Wayne I don't- Gallman is their running back. I, How are I you supposed it. to win in the NFL when Wayne Gallman is your running back and Daniel Jones is your quarterback? But the thing is, like, they didn't really win much. And, like, I don't think six wins is, like, good. Or jumping from four to six is that big of a jump. It's not, it doesn't put you – it doesn't – it's not like you jumped from, no, let me see, like six to ten or six to nine. Like, at least you have – that's a winning season difference. They still suck. <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. I I get it. It's not it's not a, a sexy pick, it's right? Not. But I, like now, I'm looking at their their schedule, right? And and they had some close losses too. That's the other thing that that I'm looking at. Like they lost to the Cowboys at the end of the season, or actually, they beat the Cowboys nearly. They lost to the Ravens by two scores. They lost. I mean, they lost. They beat the Seahawks on the road. They had some good wins in there. They beat the team that plays football, um, for whatever that means anything. Also, they lost on a field goal to the Super Bowl champion Buccaneers. And they lost on the road by one to Philly. I don't know. I mean, they were they were in a lot of games. They just they lost by three on the road against Dallas. That's the the other thing, and this is my biggest argument for Joe Judge, because I really do believe it's Joe Judge. I'm not just saying this, okay? They started the year 0-5. And they went six and ten. I think that's kind of cool, right? That he was able to turn a program around. You come in as a special teams coordinator that no one thought would be the head coach, no one thought should have been the head coach. How are you supposed to keep a hold of the locker room when you go zero and five and shouldn't have been the head coach to begin with? He did, and he won six games. And to me, it's a big deal. All right. Well, I think it's a valid pick but I need like my thing is I think when I think of team like underrated coaches I think of coaches who have led successful teams I define well, success do that with that with an unsuccessful roster right that's, put that's, put that's judge. a bad that's that, he's just not in the running because he hasn't done Give anything successful. judge the Buffalo Bills roster guaranteed to 10 win season guaranteed. okay well we don't have that hypothetical today unfortunately um so so yeah that's I think it like if something's changed next year I think I'll, people will still underestimate him and then underrated coach oh he wants to be underestimated for sure that's um, Joe Judge. I hope I hope I hope that he he does and I hope this motivates him this conversation right here put it this way put it this way okay and, and we'll we'll move on after this if the Giants make the playoffs which they won't but if they do he's the coach of the year it's gonna happen right that's my take right now I was right about comeback player of the year with Alex Smith. If the Giants make the playoffs, I promise 
that Joe Judge will be coach of the year. Promise. But like make the playoffs the way the Washington football team made yes. the playoffs? Doesn't matter. If they make the playoffs, he's the coach of the year. Doesn't matter. All right. Well, that was a lot. There was a lot of takes there. Let's please there. move on. I'm All not right, gonna we'll move on now. So what was trending? I'll hold on to the reins here because I think we both have something to say or nothing to say about the preseason schedule being released. That was kind of trending, not really, and that's kind of my point. Who cares, right? Who cares? I mean, no one cares. That's the thing. Um, and, and now with the NFL tacking on another game to the schedule, 17 games. Remember, no more 10 and 6, no more 8 and 8. It is now a 17-game slate. Everyone's kind of scratching their head and saying, hey, if we have another game, which is a lot of revenue, why do we still have three preseason games? What's that about, right? And I understand it's big on on the, uh, the almost the last chance guys and, and the fourth, fifth stringers to make the roster, but no one wants to watch these games. No one wants to play in the games besides the people that need to. So what are we doing here? Yeah, I got I, – because I went to the Super Bowl, I get all of the NFL press releases now, and they sent out a press release, oh, nice. and I looked at it, and I was like, ugh. Like, who cares? Why are you who sending cares? out a press release about this? Just quietly – just say that they're going to happen. I don't need to hear or read the press release. I don't need any of the information. I'll just assume that the preseason's happening because no one cares. I guess it's fun to talk about. I, I usually watch at least one of the preseason games, but I don't watch all of them. I watch the first one and be like, oh, okay. Ooh, I'll watch football's like the third back. one when like the starters play a significant amount, but otherwise. I will say this, though. Preseason football games are fun to go to. I would never watch them, but they're kind of fun to go to mm. with a friend, right? Maybe you have a few drinks. I don't drink, but maybe you do. Who knows, right? And because no one cares about them, because people don't even know who's playing, um, it's kind of it kind of has a baseball feel to it where you talk and it's like a leisurely watch yeah. instead of a, a rowdy watch. So they're kind mm. of fun to go to. That's all I'll say. Interesting. Maybe one day I'll go to a preseason football game, but that that will not be this season. No. All right. For for my what was trending was something that, um, like I said, I kind of teased it. It's a Julio related one, and I think it's something that we didn't talk about is the fact that the Falcons were struggling to pay their rookies that they just, you know, drafted. They could not sign those guys to contracts because of the, their cap situation. Um, the Julio thing, the one sh- like another shining thing that really is the icing on the cake, I think, for the Falcons, is that now they do. Now they have enough money to play, to pay, not play, to pay the rookies that they have signed to contracts. Um, I don't know how you mess up that bad that you're like, okay, guys, we, you know, hey, Kyle Pitts, we drafted you. We're just going to need to take out a loan to pay you. Like, how do you mess up that much? And then how do we mess up so much that we don't even talk about it? That's such an interesting and funny story. But now it's kind of resolved because Julio Jones saved the Falcons from an even bigger embarrassment. So I don't think a lot of people were talking about this in general, but I think it's really funny that they didn't have enough money to do the, the most basic task, which is sign the rookies to their rookie deals, which famously they're like for zero dollars. They're not even that much money. <laughs> well, I, they would have figured out a way to do it, but it, it would have been very tardy. And, and this way was good because it kind of fell under the radar for yeah. Atlanta. But it is funny. It is one of those those unsung portions of the deal that Atlanta almost – it's almost like Atlanta was trading for a second-round pick, a fourth-round pick, and all their rookies. 
yeah I, i'm glad that they got it they got it figured out that's all i have to say so we don't have to, we don't have to dwell on it any longer all right so from there we go to our favorite segment it's time cue the music fan <gasps> frustration All right, fan frustration, the Raiders, the Jets, in the heat of summer. And Jenna, I'll let you start. Okay. Yeah, frustration, fans, that's what we're doing here. All right, so I, my fan frustration, today um, I saw a news headline that Henry Ruggs, in quotes, I'm my own worst critic. Okay. (laughs) Okay, yeah, sure, but you have to understand that that we're gonna need a little more than that because I'm sure last season you didn't think that the season was what you wanted out of your rookie year. It was you know fine, but it wasn't you know we traded we didn't trade but we you know use our 12th pick or whatever pick it was to pick you and a lot of people thought we were crazy and then you didn't really do much. We need a big step up in year two and you being your own worst critic didn't really do much for you in year one. But I hope I, I sound mean. I don't want him to hear this and think I hate him. He won't hear this, but I, you know, you don't want to, you know, I don't want to sever the relationship that's not even there yet. So I just think that we need a little bit more than I'm your, um, that he's his own worst critic. Everyone's their own worst critic. Um, and we need a big jump in year two. So I'm a little frustrated that that was like his guys, don't worry. I'm my own worst critic. Yeah. It was just a little bothersome. Well, it's okay. It's, it's, it's kind of reminds me of the Zach Wilson likes to watch film thing. Like similar. Yeah. Yes. Like, duh, cool. your job. Yeah. All right. Well, I, that's a good one. Henry Ruggs, big, uh, big piece for the Raiders. And I have a fan frustration of my own for a receiver. Denzel Mims, second round receiver in the same draft from Baylor had a good, but brief stint as a rookie as a jet only had nine games, eight games started. 44 targets, 23 receptions, and he averaged over 15 rece- rather yards per catch. So he had a really good rookie year with a quarterback that the Jets didn't even see, see fit to be on the team this year. And now, after all that, after all that lead up, Denzel Mims, a guy we took in the second round, probably should have been in the first round. Keelan Cole is ahead of him on the depth chart. Keelan Cole, free agent that we brought in to deepen this receiver room and at this point it's actually fairly deep with with Cole and Corey Davis Elijah Moore the wide out from Ole Miss that we picked up in the second round much like Denzel Mims but in this draft class and then Denzel Mims I just don't understand the obsession with Keelan Cole like there's a reason he was a free agent right he played he only had 642 yards last year and he played 16 games Denzel Mims only played in 11 and he had nearly 400. So I I just don't understand why he's ahead of Denzel Mims on the depth chart right now. Maybe the Jets are just trying to make Mims earn his spot, but I know that no Jet fan is happy about Denzel Mims, even in practice, having some limited snaps. All right. Well, there's your fan frustration. We got a lot of wide receiver talking here today. Um, and in general, cause we, you know, we talked about J- James Jones. He's not a wide receiver anymore, but former wide receiver, we had Julio Jones and that basically wraps up what we were talking about. Um, you know, it's episode 56. I'll let you know that. Sure. 
Yep, I'm positive. <laughs> Episode 56. It's in the books. If you want to keep listening to us, hearing these voices, um, you can check us out on Spotify and Apple Music. Apple Music. Oh, my goodness. Just Apple Podcasts, but, you know, you can get your way there through Apple Music, kind of. It's the yeah. app close to it on your phone if you have an iPhone. I don't know why I said Apple Music. I don't even use Apple Music. But on Apple Podcasts, you can just do Go Over Two Podcasts, but it's a little more challenging on Spotify. On Spotify, it is a podcast for frustrated football fans by two frustrated football fans. By the first football, usually it pops up. You'll see our logo. You can also just go to Twitter. Twitter at the Go For Two Podcast. Um, and we will link the Spotify link right there. And I think Spotify has like this really cool new feature that pins all your new episodes to the top of your music, your library. So you can you can subscribe to us and it will be there every single time. So I think you should do it. And any other things that you need, email me because we I I am the one you address the emails to at uh, the go for number two pod at gmail.com. That's all we have for this week. We'll be back next week. It is summer football. Gearing up for that regular season. We'll see you.